Welcome to Outwit, Outplay, Outpod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. And we're here to talk about Survivor Season 44, Episode 9, Under the Wing of a Dragon. Kayla, the tribe has spoken, but we have not. What is your fire take from this week's episode? It's called a rice negotiation. So negotiate. These people didn't even try. They were at first like, oh no, we're not going to do it at all. We're survivors who play. Meanwhile, Carson looks like he's about to pass away right there on the beach. And I'm like, come on, give that man some rice. Um, But they all go to the beach and Jeff is all four castaways need to sit out. And they're all just like, okay, four, sure, four, four. We need that woman from, you know, the season I'm talking about where she, the first rice negotiation kind of ever of the modern season. And Uh she was like, Jeff, two, I'll give you two. And I was like, that's the energy we needed to bring to the rice negotiation. These people just rolled over and didn't have to. I had literally daydreamed multiple times today about this situation (laughs) and what I would have done. You have to have nominated someone already to be the negotiator. Yes. When you roll it, because they knew what it was going to happen. Don't come in here cold. Yeah. And you say to Jeff, Jeff, I'll be honest with you. We already talked about this. No one on this tribe is willing to step forward. I'm hoping that the rain means someone will change their mind, but it's not looking good for you, buddy. The max I could even imagine us getting is one, but you seem like a nice guy. We'll try to shoot for two. We'll try to shoot for two. And then he would say three. And you then you're like, oh, I would have settled for five. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, play him. Bring Isaac to your car dealership escapades, guys. <laughs> this it's, is what we've learned. It's funny, because I'm actually really bad in those situations, but I've daydreamed the scenario enough that like I think I could I think I could drive a hard bargain with Jeff for the rice. Awesome. Uh, my fire take is something we've alluded to, I guess, but I'm starting to think that there is an inverse correlation between how strategic the players are and how entertaining Tribal Council is. Oh. (laughs) I think that the more strategic the cast, it's like they don't want to say anything about their game. Yeah. And like this season especially, the whole genre of Tribal Council, which is normally something I really like in the episode, has just been like, how great is Survivor? How crazy is Survivor? So straightforward. Isn't trust important in Survivor? Isn't friendship? Isn't loyalty? Isn't sacrificing for the group? Isn't like your own individual game? And it's it's become, I love Survivor, but it's become so self-referential that I'm like, I'm not loving Tribal Council. They're laying it on a little thick. But... I feel like last season they were super strategic and Tribal was still interesting. Like, I feel like Jesse brought some amazing takes to every fire council and he was working overtime in terms of strategy. Jesse was good. Jesse was good. He He was able to thread the needle of saying interesting things while not, like, showing his hand. And I don't think, like, every player is really good at that. I don't think any of these players are actually really good. No, they, on they, this <laughs> they also use it as an opportunity to like pitch why their season of Survivor is the best. Like Jeff throws Kane that softball where he's like, "Would you rather be in a chill season of Survivor or a crazy season of Survivor?" And Kane is like, "Chill," but haha, just kidding. I love the chaos. I live for it. Season forty-four is the best season ever. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, it's it's. I'm bored by it. I'm bored. Okay, Kayla, those are our scorching hot fire takes. Why don't you take us into a little bit of a recap? Under the wing of a dragon. So we get back to camp. 
Lauren, Jamie, Kane, they're all looking a little bit silly because their boy Brandon got blindsided. They tried to explain that they wanted Brandon to split the votes, but he said no, that their plan was rock solid, and look where that got him. Danny was super excited about getting a bucket list idol play, um, but knows his big move left him unprotected, and now he's on the hunt to find a new idol. Unfortunately, it ends up in Heidi's hands. That day, it's basically summer camp on the island. No one's eating. Everyone's playing I Spy. Let the good times roll. Then they get some tree mail, learn that the rice will be up for grabs at Tribal, and Danny tries to bully the other castaways into not sitting out for the rice. But they get to try, they get to the challenge, and after what we've already chatted about is a poor negotiation, Kane, Heidi, Carson, and Lauren end up sitting out. Franny goes head to head with Danny and she comes out victorious. Then back at camp, it's 333 from Ratu, Soka, and Tika. People are deciding who wants to go where and what tribes they want to work with. They go to tribal. We have a classic survivor whisper session, um, which ultimately ends up with Kane being sent home. I think we'll move through the first half, honestly, three quarters of this episode pretty quickly. We got some small, nice little moments of Survivor, as Kayla mentioned. Carolyn talks about her addiction. They play a little game of I Spy. Jam Jam is definitely here for the sort of deep breath that you get to take when you have an off day on Survivor. And it's a little vacation moment for all of them. Were those moments hitting for you? Do you care about like the sort of social bonding that happens outside of the boundaries of the game? I just liked when they finally got the rice and their brains seemed to turn back on and they funny. were all like, glory, glory, hallelujah, like I am back. It also made me think, if I were on this island, how would I cook my first pot of rice? Oh. Like, am I just so hungry that I'm like, whatever, rice is rice? Or am I sitting there? Am I charring up a little coconut? Am I going to get the salty seawater? Like, how much am I dressing up this first meal to make it an event? Yeah, they were not really happy with the food. Like Carson in particular is like, we basically just burn the shit out of unripe papaya. <laughs> and that is the best we can do under the circumstances. So I feel for them there. Um, but yeah, like I said, I don't think too much happened. The first, like, honestly, 75% of this episode challenge, go Franny. She's now won two immunity challenge challenges. Beast. Challenge beast. beast. Ousting Danny, who is very much not happy with his performance and his loss. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the strategery of this episode before we get to some fun and games, some survivor on the move, and of course our power rankings points update. Uh, so Kayla, you set the groundwork there for the strategy that's going in. Why don't we stick with Franny since she knows she's safe at tribal. She can just fully immerse herself in the wonderful, uh, wonderful world of striver, survivor. <sighs> Survivor strategy Striver. machinations, which is a hard thing to say that you shouldn't attempt to say on a podcast uh, because it's just that difficult. But Franny picks up, I think, is like the only person to pick up really on the whole three stooges of it all. What did you think? She's about to blow up your power rankings. No, but she fails. For now. Yeah. Franny is hip to them. And I actually think that you're right, that they are pretty undercover it seemed like they were floating a little bit more to the top but i'm not even sure that this vote is going to solidify them with soka oh yeah and wait i have to hit pause there thank you for reminding me i was right we had a disagreement last uh. episode <laughs> we had a disagreement last episode 
I felt the three stooges were intentionally on both sides of the vote, and you felt that it was just Jam Jam going rogue. And the well, Leo is jumping out no. of my co-host right now. I just want that <laughs> to be noted. The Leo is jumping out. Um, yeah, you were right. You were right. You were right. They strategically split up and put themselves on different players, and it worked. But let's get to the papaya piece of it all, because I will give you a little bit of credit. Long term, they are not able to keep the wraps on their alliance. No. Franny exposes it, and everyone in the game is treating this as a three-tribe situation where Ratu and Soka are at each other's throats as just sort of like a rule that Franny tries to break but ultimately cannot. And Tika isn't really bashful about the fact that they're also a voting block. Like, in, early in the episode, Jam Jam makes, like, some noises about, like, still being with Ratu, and he talks to Kane, and, like, Kane is like, you should be our leader yeah. on Ratu now. But the cat's out of the bag by the end of the episode. And it's, you know. But now is prime time for them to flip flop. Like, all three need to drop Soka like a bad habit, link up with Ratu. They have a strong five, and you can pretty much carry that to the end. And Soka still has all of what I believe to be the power players. Like, your Dannys, your Frannies, the people with the advantages. And so I'm like, this is when we completely wipe Soka if I'm Tika and Ratu and take Tika and Ratu to the end. And I think that is the most rational play. Well, okay, so he, there's a few ways to come at this. I First of all, I respect Franny's insight here. I think she catches on to something that no one else has. And it's always interesting to me that like when there's a dynamic of like a rivalry between two groups, can they like set feelings aside and sort of say, actually, we can secure all of our futures if we just vote out the middleman instead of putting our fate into their hands. So there's something there. But for me, like the most rational way to approach tribal council at this getting pretty late stage in the game is to vote out the person who is the biggest threat to win. It's pretty darn simple. Danny is that person right now. Agree or disagree? Disagree. What? He's the, he, my, I should give a little justification. He has successfully used an immunity idol and no one else in the game has. Like he's done something. Franny has two... Immunity idol wins under her belt. You think that... Okay, for me, and just, like, how I weigh things, you like, two immunity challenge wins do not, like, compare to a successful immunity idol play that took down Ratu, who was, like, poised to kind of, like, run away with it. I don't know. Okay, well, here's the thing. Yeah. Franny's kind of narrative is now based on, like, the goodwill of Danny, which just, like, absolutely sucks because that's just always going to be part of her story. Yeah. Because Danny played the idol for her. But I don't know. She, everyone who leaves describes her as like a really strategic player. So I think this might come down to the edit. Like I think there's other things that she's leading, other conversations that she's having that are making people identify her as really strategic and a threat and is also performing well in the challenges because everyone in their little goodbye narrative who leaves, they're all just like, yeah, Franny's super good. Like we got to get her. Okay, so you think Franny might be very quickly find herself in the crosshairs here. Yeah, I think if Danny goes down, she falls next. Yeah. So I think it's actually in Franny's best interest to keep Soka pretty tight because yeah. Heidi now has this immunity idol. Without True. the shield of Danny, she's a number one target. Yeah, right, which important there. Heidi did find an immunity idol this episode, which I wasn't very excited to see, I'll be honest, just because she did not play the 
whole control the vote thing in a very interesting or compelling way. And so I'm just not convinced. And I'm not convinced that she is going to be perceived as like, I don't think she's in like the next three threats. No. So in that case, she'll have her idol like almost all the way potentially to the final five. And it's just not like... Boring. I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. Okay. So speaking of advantages, Heidi finds an idol here. Lauren, everyone's afraid of the knowledge's power thing, which is not a thing this season. I was shocked that this was like on their minds because I wasn't even thinking about it as a viewer. Me neither. Um, But they're doing all sorts of things. Lauren gives her extra vote to Jamie, who does end up using it. Jamie gives her fake idol, she does not know it's fake, to Kane, who also does not know it's fake, which I have to, I have to, this is a mark against Jamie, another mark, against her social acumen, because Brandon had a conversation, pretty open conversation with Matt that very quickly caused Matt to put two and two together that his idol was fake. So I'm like almost confused by the fact that that information didn't reach Kane or exactly. Jamie. That they still think that this idol is real. And perhaps there's just too much going on at the beach because that was like the first day. They were all meeting each other. Matt, they were quickly ripped apart and then Matt left. So I can see how that information got lost. But I also just don't think you let your idol leave your body. Like, that's always a knock against you when people are like, oh, I let so-and-so hold my idol. I'm like, why? Why did you do that? Especially with just this abstracted threat of knowledge is power, like you don't even have evidence mm-hmm. that it exists this season. That was a little much. This is also a confusing one to analyze because there was like vote splitting happening. And if we'll get to like the vote count in a second, but like four people's names got written down. And I'm sort of confu- like, I don't think that vote splitting is actually a smart move in this scenario. I agree. There's just too many variables that could like trip you up. And when there's like a 3-3-3 thing happening, it doesn't feel like you can ever be confident in having enough numbers to split your votes between two names. Precisely. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us to tribal. One thing I do want to mention. Oh, I should say uh, this episode, Danny wins the title because he names, uh, when he's talking to Franny, he says teaming up with Ratu is like going under the wing of a dragon, which is a little confusing to me. I think it might actually be a brilliant metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) I think it might be a good metaphor because it's like when you go under someone's wing, it's like they're supporting you. But when it's a dragon's wing, danger. Danger. Yeah. Hot breath near. It's pretty nuanced, actually. I I like the layers. I have to give, (laughs) I have to give Danny some props because like the person who wins the title each episode to me, it's like, that would be my goal on Survivors. I would want to name the most titan, the most episodes out of everyone. I, my dialogue would be so littered with like talking points and like little prepared remarks. Just That's because your Survivor superlative most likely to name an episode. Uh, I would love for that to be my Survivor superlative. But I wanted to mention the dragons also because there is a lot of dragon imagery in this season. Do you season. think it's like seeping into their psyche a little bit? It could be, but there was that weird episode where they, weird moment in an episode where they zoomed in on the bag yes, as a dragon. Yes, I still need to go with no, no follow going up. on that. Also, Jeff's torch snuffer, is that what that tool is called? It yes. has a dragon skull on it and it plays off this whole medieval theme. So, dragons, like, I feel like there's hints and clues and, and things that are happening and I wonder if any, I don't know. I don't think that dragon bag is there anymore. Did you see it? They have not been zoom- I've been looking for it. Yeah. They've not been zooming in on it since. I wonder what the heck happened there. Okay, we got to look into that. Um, but anyway, 
that takes us to tribal. We get a bit of a, I thought most of the commentary of this tribal council was not very interesting as my fire take stated, but we did get some live tribal with some whispering, some standing. Are you here for the live tribals? Do you think it's interesting? I think the first like time or two that it happened, I was like, whoa, live yeah. tribal. Like, Same. I didn't even know this was on the table, but now I'm just kind of like lack of planning. To the point where if someone says something that makes a light bulb go off in your head and then they start to scuttle around, that at least makes sense. Here, I really feel like it came out of nowhere. And based on how the vote count turned out, it seems like it confused some people because I'm not really sure how or why Ratu put their votes the way they did. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's go into the vote count here. So um, we'll start with like most votes to least. So the survivor who is voted out is Kane, and Carolyn Jam Jam Carson, aka Olive Tika, vote for Kane, as well as Danny and Heidi. Voting for Heidi, we had Jamie, Jamie using an extra vote, and Lauren. Voting for Jamie, we had Franny, and voting for Danny, we had Kane. So I get it, like Tika stuck together and put everyone's names on Kane. Um, then, like, what is happening with Ratu? Right, what is happening? <laughs> I know. I'm just looking at this and I'm just confused. I don't understand why Kane voted for Danny. I think this just happened in the shuffle and everyone started whispering and everyone ended up on different pages because there's no reason for this. Yeah. Like, did someone during the live tribal convince Kane to vote for Danny and, like, pretended there was a plan to do so? Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's not enough information for us to totally know. I do think that Danny was the biggest threat, as I said. Like, I think that he should have been a bigger target this episode, but ultimately he doesn't get voted out. Here's a question. If you had to award one of the survivors from this episode who was most responsible for making Kane the plan, who's that person for you? I feel like it's Jam Jam. Jam Jam spent half of the episode being like, you write my name down. Like, you're gone. Which is cool. I think it's like a good, him him voting out Kane to me, it's like pure, like, I want to give a good speech at the final trial. And he's got it. Like, the four in a row for Jam Jam. Yeah, it's cool. And, but, but I will say, I definitely agreed with Carolyn, who is like, Kane is a threat? Question mark. <laughs> you know, like she's like, I don't understand. And and we didn't, if there was a, re- a compelling reason to vote out Kane, I don't think we ever heard one. I still don't understand how we got here. Also, Kane seemed so very amenable to like whatever the plan was because he had just been on the wrong side of so many votes. It was like Owen yeah. last season where he was like, can I please yeah. Just be on the right side of a vote so I do not cry. Thank right. you so much. Exactly. So not only was he not a threat, the sort of exceptional thing about him was that he was never on the correct side of a vote. Like he might be the person you most want to sit next to at Final Tribal Council because he seems to have influenced the direction of the game the least. Okay, it's time for my special segment, which is fun and games. Woohoo! So I have a couple questions for my wonderful co-host. I will also answer some of them. And then lovely viewers, write to us. 
with your answers. Also, viewers, if you are somehow seeing us right now, definitely write to us and explain <laughs> how. Kayla frequently refers to our viewers, and I'm just curious if any of you are out there, please let us know. Anyway, continue. Drag me. <laughs> okay. So first, we're starting off with a great round of most likely two of the castaways. Okay. Who are currently still on the beach. Love it. Who is most likely to break a world record? Any world record? Any world record. Okay, so I guess, are you looking for someone who's sort of like determined? To me, I'm looking for someone who's both determined and eccentric. Because a lot of, to break a world record, none of these people are like Olympians, so it's going to be pretty niche. Right. You have to have a passion, because otherwise, why would you do that? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, a couple thoughts. Uh, Okay, I have two people who come to mind. One is Kane, one is Carolyn. Kane, because I feel like, Maybe something in, like, the LARPing category he would accept. <laughs> like, just really immerse himself in the role of... Unironic a, LARPing. Unironic LARPing. Carolyn, I'm just saying because she has that sort of eccentricity built in. I could totally see, see her having, like, a really niche hobby or passion that she just, like, goes all into. So those are my two nominees. I think Kane is really good. I think it's spot on. I think if you told me he had a couple what is it, D&D trophies yeah. in his basement, I'd be like, yeah. I also want to put a vote in for Jamie, who wears the Plant Mama name necklace, because I'm like, how many plants you got in there? Oh. You know? Could it be a world record Could it be amount? a world record number amount? <laughs> Specific <laughs> prediction, but I like it. Okay, next one. Easy, softball. Most likely to laugh in a serious situation. There's a right answer here. Okay. I mean, it's either, two people came to mind. It's either Carolyn or Jam Jam. Carolyn doesn't self-edit. Jam Jam is always positive and has talked before about how his coping mechanism is humor. I'm going to go with Jam Jam. It's Jam Jam. Okay. It's Jam Jam. Phew. I got it. Okay. Most likely to write a bestseller. Oh, a best-selling book. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for an intellectual. Um... Hmm. Franny or Lauren are my contenders. Lauren as a teacher, I feel like that is author adjacent. Franny is just really bright. I just feel like she has things to say to the world. Um, Between them, I'm going to go with Lauren. How about you? No, not Lauren. What? Story of a teacher? She's busy. What's she fic- writing this book? Fiction. She's writing fiction. Oh, you can write a fictional book. Yeah, it's like half of all books. <laughs> Guys, if you could just see the daggers leaving Isaac's eyes right now. We're sitting in front of my bookshelf. I see Sherlock Holmes. I see... I don't see a non-fictional book on that shelf, in fact. You're well, making an interesting point. Yeah, science fiction. Yeah, we're surrounded by... So, so, Kayla, stories aren't always real. Maybe it's because you watch so much Survivor that you think, like, all stories are, like, documentaries in real time of, like, what people are doing. My head is stuck in the very real world of reality television. Ah, yeah, there are other genres. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give mine to Carolyn because she would have the best memoir of this bunch, a completely real nonfiction memoir. That's a strong take, right? tend to agree with it okay final one most likely to join a cult Ooh. okay and can i also can we also answer most likely to start a cult absolutely okay 
Um, most likely to join a cult. Oof. This, this is going to hurt some feelings, I feel like, is my only concern. Do you have an answer, Preps? Because I'm sort of spinning my wheels here. Yeah, I'll get out here. Most likely to join a cult. Once again, Jamie! Jamie has big, like, I am meditating. I am very happy to be in a group where all of our spirits are aligning. I have a million plants, which shows I get really deep into my niche hobbies. Um, and she also has a streak within her, which we initially called the Ted Lasso effect, but it's beginning to scare me. Yeah, okay. I think that might be the right answer, but I will throw out an unexpected one. Danny. Oh, no, I believe this. Here's what I'm thinking with Danny. I just feel like he could get really into, like, a broy community that becomes, like, a bad situation. Potentially. Joe Rogan, we're looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my thought there. I'll leave it there. Yeah. Danny, I could see joining a cult. Starting a cult. Well, that's the thing. I kind of feel like Jamie and Danny are again at the top of my list. See, I was going to reverse it. I was like, now Danny, I feel like very likely to start a cult. Okay. Because he was also into that very specific form of athleticism, which is escaping me right now. And I feel like he could get a couple people doing that pretty regularly and then get a little too deep. Ooh, like a fight club. Yeah, like a fight club. Yes. We're underground. I think that's good. I think he would. And he also, I feel like he has a bit of an authoritarian tendency. By which I mean just like the degree to which he's frustrated which he when he loses in an immunity challenge. He says this episode, in fact, in to the camera in talking about Franny's pitch to join forces with Ratu. He's like, I feel like Franny is taking sides against the family. Yes. Cult leader energy right there. Cult leader energy. I did appreciate like the little mob energy though. Yeah, like... I like the mafia reference. Actually, there were like three <laughs> mafia references. Is Kane and Jam Jam. Kane, Kane says to Jam Jam, like, it's time to go full mafia boss. And I'm just like, I'm not really buying it, Kane. Like, keep working on the LARPing skills and maybe stay in the fantasy realm and not the uh, Italian mafia vibe. Okay. Any other questions for us today on the Those most likely? Our four most likely questions. But don't worry. I have more fun and games for no you. No way. Okay. What do we have in store? Okay. This one I need you to put yourself... In the mind of one of our castaways. You are a castaway. Okay. You are on the island. Okay. You're trying to win this immunity challenge. Okay. If there was a survivor challenge designed specifically to cater toward your skills, what would that challenge be? Ooh. Okay, what are my strengths? <laughs> this feels like a job interview. <laughs> um, hmm. Uh, running. I would say. <laughs> Fast or long distances or both? Yeah, see, the problem is long distance running and immunity challenges don't really go together, <laughs> do they? Um, yeah, okay, so most of them are like stationary, enduring, patience, mind over matter. Um Oh, okay, I'm going to go with this one. When I was in elementary school, I went to a baseball camp. And I was in the class where they were like training pitchers. And I was the second to last person standing out of a class of like 18. So I guess it's not that impressive. When we did like a balance challenge where you had to have one leg in the air. Oh. So I actually think my balance is not too bad. 
so maybe like yeah you're like have one foot on a balance beam and like that's the challenge and you just stand there yeah and you like you know i I know the trick you like pick a spot in front of you that's not moving and i'll just zone in on that what i will say is this experiment of like what would i be good at is kind of making me think i am not that cut out for some of these challenges because in the group stage i think like running cardio that sort of You'd thing. You'd hold your own. You could get up that wall. Yeah, I could be wall. one of many people who try to lift a boulder. I'm not doing it <laughs> myself, but I'll be there in the group. And I think my height can help me sort of leverage it above our heads. But yeah. Okay, that, that's me. Do you have a... You kind of took mine and really? I'm like a little annoyed about it. Oh my so gosh. So I'm telling a story. There is listeners out there. Yep. There is a movie called Mary Kay and Ashley, The Challenge. Okay. They are basically on Survivor in this movie. And there's a challenge where they're all standing on pillars in the water. And that's the challenge. And there's a Jeff Probst, like, host in this movie. Where he goes, just stand there and don't do anything. And the sun is blazing hot, and they just basically have to not pass out. And I think I would eat that up. Okay, I like that. They're in the very first season of Survivor, and I think they might have done it in subsequent seasons. The very last challenge was just touch a pole. Yes, I remember that. Just leave your hand on the pole, <laughs> and it was really hilarious when like someone would go out, and they're just like. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> like, like because it's out. It's like a full day that they were doing. But I have heard through the grapevine that they're not into those kinds of challenges anymore from like a budget and like time perspective. They don't just want to have a camera crew there for like 12 hours. I mean, that's fair. I also think there was one challenge where people had to try and like physically remove the other person from the pole like there was a long, a large pole in the sand and you just had to grab onto oh. it and not be removed. Yeah. Um, and I think if I could just sit down and like lower my center of gravity and really hang tight, I think I could do it. That sounds brutal. Ugh, okay. That's a good one too. Just like kind of go like koala mode. Yeah, like full not, koala. Yeah. Like you are not removing me from this tree. Love it. Okay. Those are all my fun and games, but I do have a final thought for you. Please. So... We already kind of dragged the negotiation a little bit, but it made me think mm-hmm. about the tribal auctions that used oh, to exist. Oh, yes. So I loved the auctions. I think it like picked up slower episodes like mm, this mm-hmm. and gave people a chance to just like be buddies and negotiate. You kind of learned a little bit about your castaways. What are your thoughts on the auction? I thought the auction was super fun and also it like gives Jeff his moment too. He get, right. he gets to go into like full MC mode and mock players who make the wrong choices and celebrate players who make the right ones. So yeah, I love the auction. I like its distant cousin, the eating gross foods challenge. <laughs> <laughs> because similarly, it's just like, when will that not be entertaining? I imagine some of our listeners are like so grossed out by seeing that, that maybe they're not into it. But like, I don't know. It's just cool. Like, who's going to be eating? Also, it's, like, unexpected. Like, the people who are, like, good at eating gross foods. Oh, yeah. You would never... Not the people I would ever peg to be the one to, to like, keep down five snails. Yeah. The only thing I will say is, like, it was a li- always a little bit 
didn't sit quite well with me when you were like, this is considered a local delicacy. And then everyone's like, ew. And it's like a little bit disrespectful to the culture. Don't describe the food. Just yeah. say it's an egg. Just, Just say, say you need to eat a raw egg and yeah, keep like, it at that. <laughs> Jeff can be like, this is the egg salad sandwich I forgot to put in the fridge of the break room. <laughs> I want to see you eat it. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Yeah, But that's built in entertainment and it's just sitting there on the table. I don't know why the producers aren't picking it up. Okay, well, if that's the end of our fun and games, I don't want to cut you off, is it? End of the fun and games. And boy, wasn't it fun. Okay, well, let's wrap things up here with two of our favorite segments, Survivors on the Move, and then, of course, our Power Rankings Points Update. Kayla, Survivors on the Move, what are your thoughts? Who is up? Who is down? Jam Jam is big up. Jam Jam has bossed up on everyone. He's taking out targets left and right. I think... We need to watch him because it's very likely he tries to break away from Tika, but Jam Jam's stock is way up. Um, Technically, Heidi's stock is up because she has this idol, but I agree with Isaac. I think she might fumble that one. Yeah, I don't see her winning Final Tribal even if she gets there, but I could be wrong. Maybe she finds an amazing use case for her idol and does other things. I don't want to underestimate her. I think Danny is up not through any of his own actions. I think he's up just because, to me, it's screaming that you need to get this man out, and it seems like Carolyn is the only person in the game who agrees (laughs) with me, which classic me and Carolyn were just always in sync. But yeah, I think he's up because somehow he's like under the radar even though he should not be. I think that Carson is on a slow decline, which I just feel like I have to mention because I've been so high on him throughout the season. I just, it's time to start making moves and I think he can be a little more aggressive. And then I I guess I'll just say like in terms of not an individual survivor, but survivor this season on the move, we've stagnated a little bit. These have been a couple of back-to-back, a little filler episodes. I'm hopeful that now that we've broken out of the 3-3-3, alliances will feel less salient and it's sort of like, okay, now it's time to like do the final sprint and the boundaries that have separated people to date are going to kind of evaporate in favor of like, what is my best chance? I will sit next to anyone who I think I can beat. And I just, I hope that we're pivoting into that. Are you I hopeful? I hope that we get to a very strong final three like I hope everyone up there could actually be a winner like that's my biggest goal because I do think we have a lot of power players left for this late in the season and I hope we just don't get to the end with like a Lauren Jamie like mashup because I'm I'm bored. I'm sorry. They haven't thrilled me. Turn it around, ladies, and like we could talk. Yeah. Uh, every episode so far has been in the shadow of the Matt being voted out episode, and uh, you know maybe we'll not quite reach that height, but it would be lo- it would be lovely to get back in that neighborhood. Um, so Kayla, very exciting power rankings update here. So Kane is and ends up being voted out this episode, making him the ninth place survivor. You had predicted Kane would be the tenth survivor voted out. So you get a grand total of two points, moving you to four total. I had predicted Kane would be the 11th person voted out, giving me one point, moving me also to four total. It's a dead heat. It's a tie. It's a tie. Uh, So yeah, if the action on the island isn't thrilling you, listeners, there's some action between the podcast hosts here. And yeah, this is going to be a competitive race. I'm really excited. And I think the hinge remains. Do the three stooges run the table here? Do they take this to the mat? I don't know. I'm looking at my final three and I'm, I'm confident in them. I like what I see. 
Yeah, Carolyn, Danny, Franny. My final three are Heidi, Jam Jam, and Carolyn. All right, folks, you've heard a lot from us this episode. Hope you enjoyed the fun and games. Let us know. Write in outwit, outplay, outpod at gmail.com. Rate us on your favorite podcasting app. We've had a lot of takes today. We've shared them. You've heard them. The tribe has spoken, and so have we. Thank you.